Welcome to the Magnificat Podcast. We are an international ministry to Catholic women. Throughout this series, we will pray together, share insights, and hear amazing testimonies, typically from women of faith who have been touched by the power of the Lord in their lives. This is a decidedly Catholic podcast, and in this series, you will hopefully learn more about the Catholic faith, God, the Blessed Mother, and much more. Thanks so much for joining us. Now let's listen to a great program. In the 1980s, Deacon Ken and Marie Finn felt led to write a Bible study. Along the way, they met and were encouraged by two saints, Pope John Paul II and Mother Teresa. Marie clearly remembers meeting Pope John Paul II. She said that he was so gracious with that beautiful smile he had. And she said he went on to uh, greet Deacon Ken first. And she said, I don't remember what he said to him directly. But when he came to me, I remember him distinctly saying to us, do not get discouraged. Finish your work. And then she said he took both of their hands and gave them a blessing. Well, if that were not enough... Mother Teresa uh, goes on to tell them that it is a wonderful work of God, and I assure you of my prayers that you may continue to do this work, which he has entrusted to you with great love. As it turns out, the Bible study, before it was even published, went all over the world through Mother Teresa's order, the Missionaries of Charity, and also the Legionnaires of Christ. This Bible study, the Bread of Life, is a Catholic Bible study. It has the Neil Obstat and Imprimatur and focuses on the readings for the coming weekend. Let's listen now as Marie helps us to hear the Word, pray the Word, study the Word, proclaim the Word, and live the Word of the Lord Jesus Christ. Welcome to the Bread of Life Catholic Bible Study. The Paraclete, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will instruct you in everything and remind you of all that I told you. John fourteen twenty six. Let us pray in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Father, I cannot understand your word without your grace. I acknowledge my weakness so your power can reach perfection in me. Send your Holy Spirit to remind, teach, and guide me to the truth. May I share as soon as possible whatever you teach me. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. The application from last week was to share with your family and friends the power of God's love by visiting a shelter for unmarried pregnant women. Then take a risk and offer your support to her and her soon-to-be-born child. I'm thinking back many years when my husband Ken and I began a ministry called St. Dismas Guild, a pro-life, pro-family, and prison ministry. That was in 1989. Ken was ordained a deacon in 1978, and the grace of God he received from his ordination led us to begin St. Dismas Guild and from this ministry to another called Culture of Life Family Services. 
Together, we did a great deal of spiritual counseling through the power of God's word to not only unmarried women who found themselves pregnant, but to broken families and to those in prison. We found that there was a distortion of the meaning of love and that only Jesus Christ can fill the void in the heart as he shows us from the cross. I visited Culture of Life Family Services this week and offered my support to them. I really missed my husband, Ken, as he went to be with the Lord in 2014, but I am continuing the work we did together. We also wrote a book called Secrets of a Happy Family, The Biblical Role of the Family. That leads us into the gospel for next Sunday on the Holy Family, Luke 2, 40. Come Holy Spirit, teach us what we need to know and how to apply it to our life. The Holy Gospel according to Luke, the presentation in the temple. When the days were completed for their purification according to the law of Moses, they took him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord, just as it is written in the law of the Lord. Every male that opens the womb shall be consecrated to the Lord and to offer the sacrifice of a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons in accordance with the dictate in the law of the Lord. Now there was a man in Jerusalem named Simeon. This man was righteous and devout, awaiting the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he should not see death before he had seen the Messiah of the Lord. He came in the Spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to perform the custom of the law in regard to him, he took him into his arms and blessed God, saying, now, Master, you may let your servant go in peace, according to your word, for my eyes have seen your salvation, which you prepared in sight of all the peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles, and glory for your people Israel. The child's father and mother were amazed at what was said, what was said about him. And Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, Behold, this child is destined for the fall and rise of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be contradicted. And you yourself, a sword will pierce so that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. There was a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Phineal of the tribe of Asher. She was advanced in years having lived seven years with her husband after her marriage, and then as a widow until she was 84. She never left the temple, but worshiped night and day with fasting and prayer. And coming forward at that very time, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were awaiting the redemption of Jerusalem. The return to Nazareth. When they had fulfilled all the prescriptions of the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee, to their own town of Nazareth. 
the child grew and became strong, filled with wisdom, and the favor of God was upon him. The Gospel of the Lord. Let us go into the questions. Many of the questions are just a repeat of what I just read in the Gospel. That is what we do in Lectio Divina. Read the Gospel several times, getting it into our minds, what was going on, and allow the Holy Spirit to enlighten us. Question one, what was done according to the law of Moses? What is written in the law, and what did Mary and Joseph offer in sacrifice? That comes from Luke 2, Leviticus 12, and Exodus 13. Was the act of purification was met. They presented their son to the Lord. A pair of turtle doves or two pigeons were offered. Mary and Joseph were obedient to God's law. Question two, what did Jesus say is the greatest commandment of the law? Matthew 22, 37, 38. The Shema, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. For me, wanting to be with Jesus all during the day in prayer, talking to him and listening to him speak to me in the scriptures shows him my love for him. I love being alone with him. I love the early morning. It is so quiet. He goes with me as I begin my day. Over the years, I have developed an intimate, personal relationship with Jesus. Who was in the God, Jerusalem at the time? What was he like? For what was he waiting? And who was upon him? It's question three, Luke 2, 25. A man named Simeon. He was righteous and devout. He was waiting to see the Messiah of the Lord. The spirit of the Lord was upon him. Four, what was revealed to the man by the Holy Spirit? Who inspired him to come to the temple? And what did he do when the parents brought the child Jesus in? It was revealed he would not see death before he saw the Messiah. And the Holy Spirit inspired him. Simeon took him in his arms and blessed God, and he performed the custom of the law for them. Now we have a personal question. Simeon blessed God in his words. In what ways can you bless God in your words? Here is Deacon Ken's answer in one of his filled books, Bread of Life books from the past. He said his eyes have seen salvation by going out and proclaiming Jesus is Lord with your deeds and words. For me, I answered that I bless the Lord by loving others as he has loved me and by revealing his mighty works to others, his saving grace. I bless the Lord for he is a mighty and awesome God who keeps his word. Question five, what did Simeon call the Lord? What did he say he had done? And what did he say his eyes had witnessed? He called him master. He fulfilled his word. His eyes witnessed his salvation. Six, 
How do we fulfill the law? Romans 13, 8 says, Owe nothing to anyone except to love one another. For one who loves another has fulfilled the law. And seven, as Mary and Joseph were marveling over what was being said, what did Simeon do and say to them? He blessed them and said that their child was destined for the salvation of many. Eight, what did Jesus come into the world to do? John 9, 39 says, Then Jesus said, I came into the world for judgment, so that those who do not see might see, and those who do see might become blind. 9. Where was Mary when Jesus was crucified? John 19.25 says, Standing by the cross of Jesus were his mother and his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdala. How painful for Mary to watch her son suffering and being murdered. Her love was so great for him that it must have felt like the sword that pierced his heart pierced hers also. Question 10. For what reason was Mary pierced with the sword? Luke 2, 35 says, so that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. 11. What is the sword of the Spirit? Ephesians six seventeen says, And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. The word of God cuts into the heart. 15. What was Jesus called? Matthew 2, 23 says, A Nazarene. 16. Where do, you, where do we receive our strength? Philippians 4.13 says, I have the strength for everything through him who empowers me. We receive our strength from God, but we'll lose it if we do nothing to rescue those who are being dragged to death, those who are being aborted. Proverbs 24.10 says, If you remain indifferent in time of adversity, your strength will depart from you. Personal question again. In what ways have you been pierced with the sword? What does it mean to you to be pierced with the sword as Jesus and Mary were pierced? And for what reason have you been pierced? For me, in answering this personal question, God's word has pierced my heart. It judges the reflections and thoughts of my heart. It tells me when I am walking with God, following in Jesus' footsteps, or if I am walking according to my ways or the world's ways. God's word shows me if I am suffering as Jesus and Mary did. It shows me if I am dying to myself for the good of others. It shows me daily the areas where I need to be purified. I have been pierced and am being purified for the good of others daily, and that hurts. It means I must stop looking for my need to be loved from others to loving others the way God loves me. Jesus fills that need in me to be loved. Jesus, has suffered, Jesus suffered and sacrificed his life on the cross out of love for me. What an awesome God we have.
I suggest you answer the personal questions yourself. It may be difficult at first, but over time you will start to experience the love God has for you. And that's where it is. Once you know you're loved, you're, in, you're powerful. Let us go into the commentary Deacon Ken wrote. Today's gospel is a powerful lesson on redemptive suffering. We read how a family follows the ceremonies of their religion and see respect, reverence, and obedience in all their actions. We hear the wisdom that comes from two old people in the temple. We need to reflect for a moment on how we listen with respect to elderly people in our lives. Simeon told Mary that along with the joys of having such a wonderful child, a sword would pierce her soul. Mary felt that sword when Jesus was murdered on the cross at Calvary. Some parents' souls are pierced many times from danger, sickness, and violence to their children. They suffer the hurt that happens to their child. Mary took on the hurt of her son's rejection and crucifixion. She did not strike back or cry out with vengeance. She suffered tremendously for her son and for all of us. Jesus suffered tremendously, and like a lamb, he was slaughtered and never struck back. He and his mother were both pierced for the sword of suffering. What makes suffering redemptive and what makes it useless? Suffering that leads us closer to God in our thoughts and actions is redemptive suffering. Suffering that leads us into ourselves is selfish and useless. We need, to, we need only to look at our own families and see the suffering saints who have held us up in prayer. St. Augustine's mother prayed for 30 years for him to turn to God, and her prayers were answered. Pope John Paul II has been the object of assassination, and he constantly is the vision of a man at prayer with his God and for his people. Pope John Paul II visited his would-be assassin in prison and extended to him God's forgiveness and love as well as his own. Mother Teresa, 80, and with a bad heart, is still doing something beautiful for God. She says, unless life is lived for others, it is not worthwhile. And I might add here that St. Teresa is, Mother Saint Mother Teresa is interceding for me right now and what I am doing along with Ken and St. John Paul II. Continuing with Ken's commentary, today is the feast of the Holy Family. Let us celebrate by praying together for all the families in the world. Let us pray that all the families who are suffering will be like Mary and Jesus, and let their sufferings be accepted for others. This is what, we, what redemptive suffering is all about, and this is bringing mankind closer to God. Obedience is the core of love, as Jesus replied in John 14, 23. If anyone loves me, he will keep my word. My Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. The application, 
this week, we are celebrating the special feast of the Holy Family, and all the readings reflect some aspect of family. We see how the power and love of Holy Families can change a dark world into a community of light. Today, let your suffering be for the Lord and for someone else in your family. Maybe you can offer your pain for someone who is on drugs or alcohol. Pick a family member, a friend, or a co-worker and pray for that person all week. Let your soul be pierced so the heart of others will be laid bare and they will turn to God. Let us close with prayer. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for showing us what a beautiful holy family we have in Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. Help us to imitate them in our families. We offer ourselves and our families to you as a living sacrifice. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Have a blessed week. To more fully participate each week, you may visit the St. Dismas Guild website at stdismasguild.org. That's S-T-D-I-S-M-A-S-G-U-I-L-D dot O-R-G to either purchase the Bread of Life Bible Study book or download the complimentary lessons. In 1989, Deacon Ken and Marie Finn began this prison, pro-life, and pro-family ministry to remind us that the paraclete, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will instruct you in everything and remind you of all that I have told you. John 14, verse 26. God bless. Thanks so much for listening to this Magnificat podcast. Have you been touched by our time together? If so, for more information or to find a Magnificat chapter near you, go to our website at magnificat-ministry.org or visit us on social media. We would love to hear from you. You can also email us at magnificatcst at aol.com or call 504-828-MARY, M-A-R-Y. Until the next time, may God bless you.